This is the World Industrial News for Friday, October 7th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part eight of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. Technology is going to influence what we can do throughout. throughout. I can give a few examples. Uh, one of the issues is that we must make the power that's being generated from renewable resources, we must make it more dispatchable. Because if you simply have a group of windmills popping up and down like a jackrabbit, that doesn't really help the grid. That hurts the grid. Because sometimes, even in times of power shortage, you end up with too much power. And you have to be able to do something with that power. Because again, all of this goes at the speed of light. Electricity communicates back and forth between everybody at the speed of light. So one of the ways we see technology being used is we look at these uh, batteries and the cost of batteries, which are dropping very, very rapidly. And they then can be paired with something like a solar farm to, in the aggregate, they look like something dispatchable. On the smaller consumer ones, specifically, there's provisions for aggregation within the smart grid. And what that means is that these things work and they're more valuable if they can be dispatched by an operator to actually keep the grid balanced. The other thing, and probably the hardest thing technically to do, is what's called stability, voltage and frequency stability. What happens in in power, if you're trying to transmit power down a line and you don't have sufficient power, then what happens is the frequency starts to lag. And that's the way the grid is saying, send me more, send me more. And so the, the frequency becomes a very important parameter within the grid. Well, sometimes the newer technology, for example, large DC grids or large DC assets like solar farms or wind farms may drop offline and that would have a tremendously different effect than a rotating equipment with its all inertia. And so the measurements and the sensors that are managing the frequency and voltage stability of the grid are much higher speed. 120 times a second type of speed, so they can manage that. And finally, what I, what I have to say is, and I keep talking of the communication between the parts of the grid, this requires scale. And the scale of this job is a function of physics. And so if you say my scale is, say, within a state or within a distribution network, then that simply doesn't work because physics is saying the sun is shining very hard on this part of the country. We have floods on this part of the country. And physics says we have to be able to distribute power in proportion to where it's needed in the different parts. Technology will affect all those. It will affect it in what they call IoT, which is sort of shorthand for saying we're going to measure a lot more than we used to measure. We're going to measure things in the household. We're going to measure them in transmission. We're going to measure them in generation. It's going to influence 
in the technology and being able to predict ahead, look and have algorithms and systems that say we need so much power tomorrow based on this weather pattern and based on what we know about the changes that are coming. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Federal efforts to decarbonize the electric power industry need to slow down so that all of the pieces of this enormous undertaking can be aligned without making electric service unaffordable, according to speakers at an industry conference in Denver on October 4th. Four industry executives spoke at the Experience Power event and all bemoaned not only the rapid pace of decarbonization efforts by the Biden administration, but also the lack of an integrated plan to ensure alignment between all segments of the industry while also attending to longstanding environmental justice shortfalls. Canadian Utilities Limited, a subsidiary of Atco Limited, earlier this week purchased Suncor Energy's wind and solar assets for $532 million. As Suncor shifts its focus toward its core business, which includes hydrogen and renewable fuels, Atco says the deal will bring its own development pipeline to more than 1.5 gigawatts of promising wind and solar projects. Industrial Info is tracking more than $12.5 billion worth of active power generation projects from ATCO and Suncor. On September 30th, Chile took another step forward on its decarbonization plan with the closure of 500 megawatts of coal-fired power generation. The closures include the 370-megawatt Bocamina II owned by the local subsidiary of NLSPA. And Shandong Yangsin Energy Group is closing its lone crude distillation unit permanently at the Benzhou China refinery this month due to the move by the government to create a petrochemical complex at the site. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck, reporting for Industrial Info News.